The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Association of Catholic Priests say that the shortage of clerics is uh, so acute now that we're going to have to get used to more and more lay people uh, serving at funerals and officiating uh, funerals. Uh, Father Tim Hazelwood is a parish priest at Killa in East Cork. Uh, Tim, you're welcome to the show. Um, I mean, how often is this happening already? Actually, you know what? Before we get to how often this is happening, how much time and work goes into a funeral from a priest's point of view? Well, I suppose that's all relative to the priest involved. But for most priests, it takes a lot of time because you're meeting a family. It's not just you arrive, you do a mass and you do a burial. That's it. So, and very often it's a very sensitive time in people's lives. So it's it's a delicate time where you have to negotiate gently. Uh, within families, people would have different expectations. There would be sometimes tensions, all these things. So you have to try and work with that and incorporate the needs of everybody into the mass or the service, whatever you're going mm. to have. So, it, And then if people are really into um, preparing the ceremony, you'd go through readings and, you know, all those different things with them. And then on top of it is that the whole pastoral thing about people are grieving. They want to talk. You know, there's huge loss depending on the circumstances. If it's a very tragic circumstance, then you'd like to spend some time. Plus afterwards, very often we go back and visit the people and just see how they're getting on. So there's quite a bit of work yeah. involved. And that work manageable when every parish in Ireland had its own parish priest and some parishes, like my own growing up, with three priests in the parish. So mm. there, there, there were plenty of priests for the work that needed to be done. Um, how different is the situation today? Well, I, I, I suppose I'd just ask, if I'm asking you the question, how many in that parish now, how many priests? Uh, one and a half. Well, this, and that's, he's probably a retired man who's, or else working with another parish. Mm. And that's the kind of thing, I, I, the reality at the moment, if our retired men withdrew all their services, the, the, the lads who are working just couldn't continue. That's how it is. You know, um, I had a friend who had four funerals in one week last week, and he was covering two other parishes plus his own. And that's, that's the demands are still the same amount of people are dying. Yeah. Uh, the priests are less, and the priests are older. And Tim, so then it, let's imagine then for a moment somebody wants a kind of a, a, a Catholic burial, burial, but no priest available. We're going to speak to Ruth Scott in a moment about people who, mm. who want to kind of go down the humanist route in that regard. Yes. But for people who want a Catholic burial, but there's not a priest available, how does that work? I mean, what are the mechanics? I said there's no mass, okay. but the, somebody can okay. just kind of officiate, can they? Well, it does a few ways. Like, see, what was going to make it very difficult for families at this present time is that the older people who are dying are people who grew up, who are practicing Catholics, who go to mass, who have a huge love of mass, and the family want that for them. So you can see I suppose it depends on your connection with church and with God how much the expectation is. So for them, it would be a huge loss. Now, in the response, what I think probably will happen for a while is that people will be asked to wait. 
as they do in England. It could be three days later, four days later. We have a tradition in Ireland, you'd have the rosary tonight, the removal, you know, the removal prayers, and then you'd have a mass. That it can't be, uh, you know, when you want it. Now, people find that very difficult, I know from experience. We want it, and that's it when we want it. And it's a culture thing. So that's why the present conversation is good, just to alert people that this is coming very soon. And the other thing, Kieran, is that you don't have to have mass. Like, what did they do on the islands? You know, what did they do in places where they don't? What did they do in other parts of the world where there's huge Catholic populations that they don't have a priest? Then there's people within the community who would, would, would minister and provide a service. Mm-hmm. And in parts of Dublin, at the moment, in Cork Diocese and in some parishes of ours, we have funeral teams who would meet the families maybe do the prayers, and some undertakers now are saying the prayers in the funeral home. The priest is there for the Mass, and that's yeah. it, which I think is very, it's hard, you know. And well, yeah, it's, 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 a, it it's a kind of a cultural change, I guess, more than, than yes. a sacral one necessarily. Yes. But, uh, Ruth Scott, I mentioned, is with us as well, radio presenter and humanist celebrant as well. Uh, Ruth, how did you get into the industry, if we call it that? Hi, Kieran. Um, I re- remember telling my sister, one of my sisters several years ago, announcing quite proudly that I am an atheist. And at the time, I had been able to avail of the, I think it was called Opt Me Out campaign, where one was effectively able to remove oneself from the Catholic Church. And I remember saying this to her proudest punch, and she said, well, that's great and all, but what do we do with you when you die? And I hadn't actually very, given very any Very practical thought. question. Oh, listen, the Scots are nothing if not practical, can I tell you? <laughs> but it it gets you into thinking, well, what do you do when somebody has passed away? And, you know, I'm from Roscommon. I'm the youngest of eight. There was always a baptism, a communion, a confirmation, a funeral, a wedding. And these things were all based around church activities. And so I really got to thinking, well, what can people do? And that's when I came across the humanists. It's, they're not a religious group. They're not anti-religious. But they're a group of people who are internationally, worldwide, they're there for secular ceremonies and lots of interesting discussion. But um, I looked into it and I thought, oh, you can do funerals if you were not in a religious order. And as an atheist and as somebody who's accustomed to uncomfortable getting up in front of people, I thought, this would be a lovely thing to be able to do. And I know it probably sounds odd, but if you imagine a family at their absolute most awful time of grieving and in horrendous shock, and imagine being able to step up and to able to provide and facilitate for a ceremony where you can go and celebrate the person and you can commemorate their life. And yeah, there's enormous sadness, as Father Tim said, and there's no denying that that will take a large part of the ceremony. But also, it's lovely how... Humanist funerals can very often be an opportunity to celebrate the person's life. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes if a family member decides to give a, a eulogy themselves, there would be the, the family and friends gathered might be in stitches laughing at a story that the family member is sharing. So there is something cathartic in having that opportunity to come together. Like we are nothing if we don't have our rituals. We need our communities. And just because somebody isn't religious doesn't mean they shouldn't they shouldn't be able to avail of this and have this sense of community. And actually, uh, Father Tim, I thought it was very interesting because you were talking about the older people and them being, you know, the mass goers. I was surprised, actually, to come across 70 and 80-year-olds who had said, 
you know, such and such was religious all their life and now they've decided that, you know, they, they had said that when I die, I don't want a religious funeral. So it's interesting that the older brigade are sort of able to have a change as well. It's all about just free choice. Yeah, and so, I mean, you've already... I guess I was going to ask whether you enjoy it, which kind of sounds like a slightly perverse question. But I mean, you, you, you quite yeah. obviously enjoy it in the sense that you, you, you get something from it yourself on a human level. Is it getting more and more? Are you getting busier with it, Ruth? Oh, I definitely am now. And I'm, I'm just an accredited uh, humanist celebrant for about the last year and a half. And definitely the number of humanist funerals I'm doing is increasing. And a lot of my colleagues around the country would be the exact same. And it's not every humanist celebrant's cup of tea either. You know, it's a difficult thing to do. But um, I know for me, I definitely, I enjoy being able to speak with a family and being able to try and gather the threads of the story that they want to tell. And you know what it's like when you experience a death. You're absolutely shook and, and you, you're almost frozen. So that's, the, that's why you yeah. need somebody to be able to help you through that. So I can do it for secular or non-religious ceremonies. Father Tim will be doing the same from his side of things. It's just really important for people to be able to get together. And then I can leave there knowing that this person's family and friends have come together and now I leave them and, you know, they're sad and they're crying and maybe there's an odd chuckle here and there where they've remembered a story and, and that's all I could ever hope for. Is there good money in it, Ruth? Well, that's a very personal question. Well, do you know what? Um, if you look at the Humanist website, you will see that the average, God, and I hope I don't get this wrong now, but I think um, Humanist celebrants can charge between, I think it's 250 and 350 euros, and 25 okay. euros of that goes to the Humanist Association. And like that, you have to be available pretty much at the drop of a hat. I've had a call before asking me, can you do a funeral 24 hours from now? And, you know, you may need to ring the family, then arrange to travel to them, then arrange to speak with them, then try and arrange, you know, what's going to go on, who's going to read, yeah. what are they going to read, are you going to do the eulogy if you're not? Well, will you tell me all the information? I'll ask questions and then I go home and I kind of write the eulogy and then I turn up the next day and do the ceremony. And then if it's in one of the crematorium, um, of which there are a few around the country, not a huge amount. Um, there's yeah. one in Shannon, there's one in Cork, there's one in Newlands Cross. Um, in, um, up in there's a water cremation place I heard about recently up in Navan uh, there's Mount Jerome there's Dardis Town there's a few places yeah. like that so you know it may be that the curtains close in front of that or it may be that you and the, the funeral party go outside to the graveyard and the remains are interred again maybe there's some music playing I, I've done one where a friend of the family turned up with a tin whistle and played as the remains were lowered so, into the... As you said the, earlier, you know, each of their own uh, to a degree, which is um, a nice aspect of it. And listen, Ruth, thanks a million for speaking to us. Ruth Scott, radio presenter and human celebrant, and Father Tim Hazelwood, who's a parish priest at Killa in East Cork. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.